0: This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. And we're back for the season premiere of the GPL podcast, Um, season number seven boys, episode number 114, we are getting up there, we've been doing this since 2011 and been there the whole time, me and Hammy, Hammy, we've been here the entire time, it's a lot of podcasts boy.
1: Yeah, I didn't even realize it was that many years. I didn't think it was that long.
0: <laughs> I didn't think about it until I just actually looked. I'm like, wow, we did in like late September of 2011. So we're beginning our seventh season, and of course, you know, Cardinal went and, went and did his own thing, and we added Mister Vigo Viggs, How are you doing?
2: Fantastic! Excited for fall and uh, hockey season. Well. Wow.
0: Hockey season is has arrived. You know, the NHL started tonight, and uh, obviously, Gophers had an exhibition uh, last Sunday evening. Um, uh, but also, joining us again is Nate Wells um, from The Athletic now, isn't it, Nate? Or are you still going to be doing a lot of stuff with the Strib and Pioneer Press and everything else?
3: Um, my main stuff is going to be The Athletic. We'll see how everything else goes.
0: And of course, you're not the only one who's going to be writing for the Athletic. Vieg's. You're also uh, one of uh, Russo's guys that he's recruited to write for the Athletic.
2: Yeah, it's a great site. Lots of good coverage out there for college hockey and hockey in general. They they cover prospects, the NHL teams. So it, I think it's a pretty great site.
0: Well, it's definitely a dedicated site. It's it is a pay site, but uh, um, there's if you if you look around the internet, you'll see quite a few deals out there for. Uh, uh, for the athletic, for uh, an initial subscription, right? Isn't that right, vegas
2: Yeah, there's a thirty percent off for the NHL kicking off right now. I know K fans done some twenty percent off deals because mm-hmm. uh, Russo is going to partner with them a little bit. But thirty percent off—that's the best
3: you'll do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's also three, four bucks a month right now for thirty percent off. Uh, which I mean, it's it's a cup of coffee for my work, for Vigo's work, just quality college hockey. Um obviously you get Michael Russo's work and just throughout uh, plenty of NHL writers, uh, Ken Rosenthal for baseball, um, Seth Davis for college basketball, and just the list goes on.
0: I, I believe in even our, our buddy, Mr. Myers is writing for them too as well.
2: Isn't he? Jess Myers? Yeah, he, yeah, he sure is. He'll kind of be like their big college hockey columnist, big picture guy. We'll look we'll, forward to him this season. Yeah,
0: we'll have to get him on the podcast as well. But obviously – it's a new season, boys, and uh, going into the season, there's there's a lot of uh, excitement. Um, the Big Ten seems a little stronger this year. We've added another member to the Big Ten. Um, Hammy, are you are you excited to be back uh, with with Gopher hockey here? I mean, it, the optimism seems pretty good this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was talking about it with somebody the other day, and I I said this is kind of like one of my favorite kinds of seasons where you have a lot of strong returning talent but it's not so dominant that there's all these massive expectations right out of the gate Mm -hmm. and then you have some young talented guys coming in that can make an impact so i mean there's a lot there to be excited about but it's like the expectations right out of the gate aren't necessarily like kind of like denver is facing this year with the massive expectations (laughs) so it's kind of like you know you you know you could put it together and you can have that kind of a team but um it's it's also a little bit of wait and see and there's a few things that have to be proven yet and I I think they'll prove it but um you know it's not that way coming right into the season so it's kind of nice
0: Nate are you sensing the excitement for goal for hockey
1: uh just around the team or in general
0: in general i mean it, you know it, it's it's it seems the 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 outlook seems to be very positive for this season
3: it it does and I was looking back throughout just the last like decade or so of just USC at Joe polls. It always seems like it's a little more positive to begin this year. Uh, the Gophers always end up higher than they uh, than they finish. But yeah, I'd say yeah. it's looking positive. Um, lose a pretty big and substantial senior class, but freshman class that comes in is a very uh, talented one as well. Obviously led by Casey Middlestat and um, a lot of guys who are. Maybe uh, for sophomores last year are going to look to take that next step and be juniors. And while the end of last season was disappointing with the uh, first run loss in the NCAA tournament to Notre Dame, still at the end of the day, it was you're returning most talent from a team that uh, was in the top five all last season.
0: Vigo, do you have any initial thoughts on the return of Gopher Hockey?
3: I think
2: expectations are, are high this year because of the Frozen <laughs> Four being in St. Paul. I think that's such an a end cap on the season that everybody's looking forward to. And with Casey Middlestack coming in, I, I listened to Pat McLeoddy today. He said he might be the best forward in college hockey. And I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but based on what I've seen out of this kid, he's going to be one to watch. And he might be the one to get some energy back into Mariucci this year.
0: Well, let's talk about those freshmen coming in this season. You, you obviously mentioned Casey Middlestead, there, Viggs, and uh, he is the he is the stud. I mean, he what well, he had four points in an exhibition the other night and uh, got the Gophers going with um, some some great stick work that uh, you captured on Instagram that went uh, pretty viral Sunday night. Um, uh, <laughs> is he really going to be that big?
2: I would be surprised if he's not a Mm -hmm. 15, 20-goal guy right away. I mean, I think this guy could get 50 points. His ability to separate from guys with a step or two and use his body position to protect the puck, to get shots off quickly that are heavy, where he hides the puck and changes the angle at the last second. I mean, the guy has just got some natural talent for scoring goals. And then on top of that, his vision to find guys we've seen a couple of practices where you know, he's surprising guys by hitting their tape with passes that you just didn't expect. And he's able to to zing it around. There's going to be a lot of points. I think Rem Pitlick's going to be a happy guy if he sticks together with Middlestead
0: this year. <laughs> I would agree. Hammy, um, Middlestead, he's kind of the, the big man on campus now, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of I think what's going to be great for him is that he's going to have a lot of talent out there with him. And I think, you know, it's kind of ironic in high school hockey, everybody knows that they have to throw everything at him. So he's getting two, three guys thrown at him. And granted, he's way more talented than everybody out there, but it still makes it a little bit more challenging to operate. And now when you see him at the USHL level um, with some more talent around him, he was very successful. And I think that. You know, it's a lot of it's because teams don't have the ability to just key on him, and he's certainly going to have that talent with him on the ice at the U. So I'm really excited to see him, especially with his speed and his uh, skill. You know, on the big sheet, especially it's going to be very noticeable as we saw this last weekend, and um, I expect him to have a pretty dramatic impact on the overall team this year.
0: Nate, you were there Sunday afternoon. What did you think of Casey Middlestead's? Uh first step on Mariucci ice.
3: Well, it's hard to not notice him. That's one (laughs) thing. Uh, He, he makes himself noticeable right away, especially in the offensive zone. Just, yeah, the stick handling, his ability to find teammates is just outstanding. Um, and I thought a few things, um, if you just go off the stats or whatever, um, I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes throughout the season. I thought maybe a little bit on the, uh, defensive side, getting back. Uh, they're playing him as a center, so he has a little bit more responsibility there. That wasn't fully there yet in game one, um, especially early on. He had a couple of uh, times where he either just gave the puck away to a, uh, the, uh, a uh, another forward or just missed the opportunity and just wasn't back and uh, kind of forced uh, his defenders into a bad position. But, uh, I mean, just offensively, the talent is there. insane, And it's uh, he has to be the most uh anticipated freshmen that they've had in there since I'm thinking probably Kessel.
0: Yeah that's that's quite the shoes to fill if that's the case. I mean we've had um quite a few superstars come in and some of them lived up to expectations, some of them didn't. Um but uh one thing is that Casey isn't everything. He isn't the entire freshman class and uh Viggs there's a couple other guys that are that should be contributing um, this year from the the freshman, let's start with uh, Mr. Brandon Brandon McManus. Uh, what are your thoughts on on him coming in from you know out of Omaha? That was at least where he played last year.
2: Yeah, you know he's a California kid who uh, had a buddy go to Shattuck Saint Mary's, and he you know heard some good things about that place and decided that was for him. And then once he got to Shattuck, he uh, continued developing and committed to Minnesota. Um, he said, you know, when he took his visit here and saw the rink and saw the atmosphere, he's like, this is the place for him. And it was kind of a, a impulse decision to commit. And then as time went on, you know, he figured out, yep, this is going to be a great place to play. And he he brings a little bit of offensive flair. He's a right-handed forward, which is something Don Lucia desperately needs. I know as they're filling out their power play units, you know, they don't have too many right-handed forwards and they're going to need some. So he's a guy who might be able to slot in the power play there. And I think they're looking for him to, to contribute some offensive flair.
0: Hammy, what are your thoughts on Mr. McManus?
1: Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. It seems like he's, we've been waiting on him for such a long time because he committed such, you know, at such a young age. And, uh, you know i think sometimes when they do that you're kind of a victim of having committed at that young age because people have these massive expectations that if you commit at that age then you you automatically have to be a superstar when you get to college and um sometimes that's you know they they do end up that way sometimes the expectations lower a little bit and i think that that's kind of happened with him but i think that's going to be beneficial to him in the long run because he's going to have other guys kind of, uh, you know, casting that shadow like Middlestead and, um, he'll be able to kind of come in find his role and probably contribute, you know, nicely early on. And that's what I would expect. And I think that not having to deal with some of that pressure will, will be beneficial to him.
0: Nate, do you have any thoughts on Brannon?
3: Uh, a lot of, uh, what I think has been said already, but I, I agree with both Vigo and hammy, uh, You won't have to carry the load and everything. Uh, He had a lot of success uh, with Chicago this past year after being traded from Omaha in the USHL. They won the uh, Clark Cup. Um, He was uh, able to score in bunches during the playoffs. I kind of expect to see a bit of that during the season, Uh, maybe go silent for stretches, but just uh, find some grooves as he kind of adjusts to uh, college. And, I mean, there's uh, a... Really, of the three big freshmen forwards, I think just I'm really interested to see how he does um, more than anything.
2: One uh, fun fact about Brandon is he wears number seven because he became a big Kyle Rowe fan after, as he committed and nice. watched the Gophers. So let's hope he uh, has some of that same desire around the crease.
0: <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, uh, Let's go to a, a defenseman, Nate Kanapke. Is that how you spell, say his name, Hammy? Kanepki, Knepke?
1: Knopke? I'll Knepke. just let you just Knepke.
0: stumble. <laughs> He'll let me stumble. Thanks. Appreciate
1: stumble it. Stumble over. I'm such a nice guy. I know.
0: I know. <laughs> so what, uh, what, yeah. what does he bring? What does he bring to, uh, you know, he's obviously out of the U.S. US National Development Team um, last year, a uh, local boy. Um, uh, what, what's
1: his deal? Well, I mean, he's got good size, you know, I think, he, you know, this year's team definitely doesn't have that, like that Mike Riley you know, very dynamic offensive player out there. And, and, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of a a team approach in terms of, you know, providing offense from the, from the blue line. And I think, um, you know, that's kind of exactly where Nate's going to fall in on this is that he's going to kind of contribute a little bit here getting there you know have that physical play but you know he's certainly not going to be a guy that's going to be razzle dazzling you all over the ice so I just look for him to kind of find his way as a first year guy and and you kind of really want them to be defensive first uh, a lot of times with these guys when they're coming in their freshman year and just kind of get that part down pat and then hopefully gain some confidence um, handling the puck as the season goes on.
0: Nate do you think that uh Knepke could have some problems making the lineup. I mean, we've had, you know, six fairly steady guys. Um, who, who's going to be the odd man
3: out? That That's a good question. And, I mean, the, one of the uh, good problems, if you're Mike Guns on your down, Lucia, is you have eight defenders that can probably play any time. You have a little bit more depth to deal with. Um, you don't have to uh, fast-track Knepke or Sam Rossini, the other freshman. Um and you have some room to to play around with,
0: um well, you mentioned rossini um Viggs, um I don't even recall did he play sunday?
2: yeah, I'm pretty sure he was out there he <laughs> he's back and healthy from his uh a c l injury um you know he's a he's a big kid who left high school early to go play in the u s h l and has had a tough road you know with a lot of injuries the last two years, but he's he says he's healthy. He said he had a good summer with, with Cal Dietz, and uh, he's ready to contribute this year. You know, he might be taking along a little bit slower than everybody, but he played with Jack Glover a little bit uh, on Sunday.
0: Hammy Rossini is a guy I have uh, recall seeing as committed for quite a long time, and he's he's finally hitting the ice for the Gophers.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's also, you know, like Vig said, he's a physical kid. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it's not going to be one of those razzle-dazzle types of guys. Um, but I would hope that he would kind of, as time goes along in his college career, kind of develops into that more of a shutdown guy that is going to provide you some physical play and then transition to puck up to the, you know, the forwards uh, on the break. So it's just one of those things where you just don't want to have too high of expectations for these young guys, especially defensive players, because uh, that is a more difficult transition.
0: Nate, who is Cullen Munson? <laughs> I got I to be honest, I really don't know who he is.
3: <laughs> um, he is a, a 21-year-old freshman. He was in uh, Janesville in the uh, North American Hockey League the last few years. Uh, he was uh, teammates with uh, Tyler Nanny and uh, a bunch of those Edina guys at Edina High School. So he's kind of filling in with that, like, 15th forward position, trying to uh, maybe get to find some time getting into that fourth line.
0: Is he going to play much, Amy? Or is he going to be kind of a role player, you know, further down the line when they kind of need an older guy maybe next season or maybe later this season if there's injuries?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's just one of those cases where um, – You know, sometimes with those lower line guys, you just want them to go out there and, you know, contribute occasionally and then give you some solid ice time. So the other guys, other, you know, more offensive lines get some rest uh, and you're able to roll those lines. And I I don't know where he's going to fit in. I mean, obviously we have some veterans that are coming back that kind of fit in those lower line roles. And um, I would imagine that, you know, in time he'll be kind of be filtering in and out and, you know, it'll be kind of a competition to see who's consistently in those those spots.
0: Hammy, can you tell me about Scott Reedy?
1: Well, uh, he's definitely a kid that I think I I mentioned earlier, um, you know, some of these guys, they commit young and then they have these high expectations. And this is definitely a case of a kid who had some pretty high expectations. You know, he he did pretty well at Shattuck um, and went off to the U.S. team. Um, Didn't, like, do poorly there. But I think that, you know, some people just have very high expectations based on you know what they see from the scouting community um in some of these rankings that people do and whatever you know whatever it's NHL or what whatever it might be and uh I think that he was a little bit of a victim of that to some extent I think that uh those expectations kind of weigh on a player when they're that young and they have all that pressure and he's going to be a I think a good solid offensive player I think he's going to contribute some good numbers this year uh, obviously I don't expect him to be something like Casey Middlestad, you know to that dramatic of a Impact, But I think, you know, we're looking at a guy that I think can certainly contribute into that, you know, maybe mid-20 point range, um, you know, possibly a little bit more, possibly a little less, but kind of, you know, in that general vicinity and be a, a pretty solid two-way player. Viggs, any thoughts on Scott Reedy?
2: I think he's one of those examples of a guy who goes to the development team program and gets slotted kind of in that second-tier player's and he just never was able to really break into that top six power play role consistently for them, and he filled that role for that team. You know, it's a, it's a tough season for those guys as they're playing older players in the USHL and doing all the travel and the tournaments and, and going through that strength program they have there. You know, I see him on the ice now. I think he's going to contribute a lot to this team. You know, he's a pretty decent size forward. He's got good size and puck protection skills. Again, another right-handed shot. You know, I could see him being on that power play unit that right now is with Pitlick and Middlestadt, and he can contribute on that group.
0: Well, I hope he can because uh, we can use contributions from all over the place. Um, but typically, you don't expect huge contributions from freshmen. Obviously, Middlestad's going to be a little different, but uh, Nate, we might see a, a decent contribution from another freshman uh, come December once he's eligible. Matthew Robson, a, a goalie who who might take over some time from Mr. Shearhorn, you know, later on this season. Uh, what do you think?
3: Um, uh, I think, I think it's possible. It's one of the reasons why they kind of brought him in. He's, uh, an older guy. Uh, he has kind of a really interesting history where, um, he at 16, he signed with the OHL. He got injured. Uh, he ended up never really playing other than exhibition games. So he has to sit out a year and a half, uh, for college in order to be eligible for the NCAA. He did a year at that at Clarkson. Uh, He transferred out out after a year, hoping that he can maybe have the half year of juniors, just have that playing in. It didn't work that way. And he spent last season uh, up at Pitticton in the BCHL, which is kind of familiar grounds for uh, Minnesota hockey. A lot of uh, people from this state kind of go up there. Uh, Mario Lachia played up there um, on this team. Um, San Rossini also came down from there. Riley's Um, Ramsey was there, the Riley brothers, the Riley brothers were up there, Joey Bennick. Um, so it's, it's, it's a familiar ground there and he was backstop. He was about the, he was the best goalie in the uh, BCHL last year. So, uh, he's really interesting uh, guy. He's also the team's first Canadian in 10 years to bring that on. And, uh, I talked with him. I did a story on, uh, him last December when he committed, and uh he didn't shy away from that he was kind of really excited about uh, being that person so i think that'll be really interesting when he's once he's eligible um and this team really hasn't had in eric shearhorn's first 2 years um a backup option if things uh if he struggles or if they need to platoon to rest him during the season so i think that he gives them that option at the very least
2: and i think one of the things with the coaching staff is; they haven't been able to pull Shearhorn either. You know, there's there was that one game last year where they pulled him. Um, Lair came in, gave up a couple goals, and they put Shearhorn back in. You know, now they have a guy you know they can turn to if Shearhorn's having an off night, and they can count on him.
3: Yeah, and there's that stretch uh, of about November or so when Shearhorn was struggling, where he'd have the one good night and he have the one bad night, and it took them a long time to give any look at Lair, just, uh, I think it was, it was kind of less out of, uh, trying to get it out of Shearhorn, trying to get him to bounce back and just less having confidence in anyone else.
1: You know, I think, I think people, well, I mean, I think that, you know, one of the things too, is that people don't really, really realize there's been a lot of good goalies that come out of the BCHL. I mean, it's a very offensive league. Uh, and so obviously goalies are facing a lot of, um, offensive chances in that league. And, and, to be, you know, putting up the kinds of numbers that he has, um, you know, this last year and to be, you know, that kind of a quality goalie granted, you know, and plus he is older. So it, it is kind of nice. I think we've seen, you know, I've always talked about when we've seen goalies commit at a younger age that I personally don't like it because I think you can find some really high quality goalies that are available at age 19 or 20 and, and I personally like the fact that, you know, we're bringing in a guy that is, you know, has seen a lot of ice time and juniors and on different levels and is coming in as an older player and um, should provide some good competition um, with Shearhorn. And I, I think that's only going to be of value for the team. And Hammy, you mentioned that the BCHL is an offensive
2: league. He took them down the playoff stretch, winning a lot of one, nothing two one type games. So this guy's got some experience from pressure situations.
0: You mentioned early recruits. I mean, what didn't we have a, what is his name, Halliday or something like along those lines, Hammy, that uh, ended up not coming here?
1: <laughs> yeah, he just wasn't performing to the standards that, you know, they they wanted when they first got him. And, um, you know, they kind of had a situation where they were scrambling around for a while. I mean, people forget that Shearhorn was a real late addition. Yeah, he was. Um, and yeah. to me, that was a great pickup for the Gophers at the time, all things considered. Uh, I think we can probably thank coach Gensel for that one, uh, because I'm pretty sure that he had a big, uh, impact on that. But I I just think that that was a, you know, a good, that was a good pickup for us. And I think in this instance, he's going to add, um, some good competition. And I think that, you know, having a good depth in that position, you can't beat that. I mean, sometimes people will say, well, you want to have an obvious starter and maybe you do, but, it's certainly nice to have that guy behind him that's going to provide something that you can feel
3: confident in.
0: Now, is Robson officially a freshman, guys?
3: He's officially a sophomore.
0: Officially a sophomore.
3: Okay. Yeah, he has uh, two and a half years of eligibility. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, you know,
0: we, we kind of consider him a freshman because he's recruited and coming in, but obviously... He, Due to some other playing and some transfers, he, he's a little bit older in his uh, schooling years,
2: not just his age. So, and the NCAA doesn't like you to play anything with a major junior team exhibition or regular games. And that's
0: kind of the reason why he played this uh, this past weekend because it was an exhibition. It doesn't count. It kind of did allow Lucia to get him in and get some kind of action. Um, before he's eligible in, uh, what what was it, the Ohio State Series, I believe he's eligible to play
2: Vegas. Yep, the Ohio State Series. That's the technical start of the second half. Gotcha. Makes sense. Well, for the third year, we've
0: got a sponsor on uh, the GPL podcast, Vintage Minnesota Hockey. Uh, Kyle Owen is uh, lovely enough to sponsor our podcast again this year. So let's uh, listen to uh, what they have to offer. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors, the collegiate teams to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the gophers or the bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams and if you do make a purchase just use the code gpl podcast all one word and you'll get 10 percent off your order so make sure you visit vintagemnhockey.com and follow them on twitter at vintage mn hockey and we thank vintage for again sponsoring us for another season it's gonna be another fun season for the gpl podcast remember you can uh we record this live on uh, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. <laughs> around there. We try to start at that time. Um, you can listen to us live on on GPL or else, or via the Mixler app. Um, we've got about 30 people listening live right now. On that kind of gives us the interactive piece of of the podcast, where we can uh, view your questions and answer them live. Uh, we're a little little. little full full today but that's uh that's always nice to have that and it's nice to have you listening most of the time Nate because you listen live and a lot of times you're answering our questions for us
3: I I enjoy listening to you guys <laughs> it's always a fun podcast and well, uh it's basically an extension of our conversations at the ring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it sort of is and and this year um Mixler kind of took away their free 1 hour of broadcasting a day so I I actually had to Pay some money about nine bucks a month to uh, it allows us up to three hours so if we go over the hour limit now we're not going to go off the air at least listening live so we don't have to worry about that anymore because we got up to three hours we can talk we're not going to talk that long but we we have that opportunity so it's a it's a nice feature to be able to do the show live and have people interact with us and uh, you can always just send us questions you just use the hashtag gpl podcast and We'll try to answer them. A little tough this week because it's the first weekend and we got a lot going on. But uh, we appreciate all you live listeners, and uh, it's it's uh, it's definitely nice to
1: be back. Um, Hammy, Jube, Jube, let me ask you something.
0: Go ahead. You are
1: going to be sad that this year I won't have Cammy to talk about.
0: You're gonna be uh, sad Cammy. That that's Cammy no was a. you gonna be a topic. Cammy was a nice whipping boy for us, and, and, and I think the problem was we knew he had skill, and there was times that uh, he performed well. Um, I, I think the biggest frustration for me and for a lot of people is that he showed about as much excitement as a burnt piece of toast. Uh, it, it's like it, it's like he didn't care. He, he he was there, and he didn't care that he just scored a big goal or whatever. And, um, one thing that we've always See, now
1: I have you, go, I have you going on. You, off you do
0: have me going, but. Yeah. I just had the yeah, bars. He off.
1: graduated. That's okay.
0: Yes, he graduated. I, but I, I
1: but, but you understand what I mean.
0: I... We'll, we'll find a new whipping boy, won't we?
1: I hope not. <laughs>
3: uh, there's, yeah. there's a running bed for the year. You can yeah. have your, uh, you can have your uh, whipping boy standings.
1: <laughs> We're going to steal that idea, Nate. We're going to use it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a defenseman. Because they usually are the ones that get pointed out.
0: Oh man, we've had a lot of fun over the years as defensemen. It's just, it's just, uh,
1: we love doing. We'll it. just take, we'll take the cues from GPL, on, <laughs> like the game, you know, the game threads and whatever. That's where we'll see who yep. the whipping boy is going to be this year.
0: Well, my whipping boy last night was Joe Mauer, and I just had some fun on Twitter last night, and it was, uh, it was a blast. People don't like that when you go after the hometown kid. Uh, they don't, but uh, sorry, facts are facts. He doesn't perform in the playoffs. That's just how I feel. Obviously, that's not the reason they lost last night, um, but uh, it'd be nice if he actually got a hit, uh, a timely hit in a key situation in the playoffs because he's failed to do that yet. That hit in the ninth inning wasn't enough for you? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, don't get me going. Don't get me going on Maurer. I'm a pocket guy. All right, let's,
1: all right anyway. <laughs>
0: well, let's talk about some key returning <laughs> players, guys. Um, you know, we've we've got uh, a lot of guys back this year. And uh, one key guy who got injured last year, Viggs, that, that is back. And he felt pretty good on Sunday, didn't he? Are we talking about
2: Tommy Novak? Oh, yes, I am. And he's back in his comfy spot on his off wing on the power play, which – uh, it's exciting to see. I, I think he looked at his best all last season when he was running the power play there against North Dakota. And because of some issues on the forward roster, they flipped him to the other side, and he just wasn't as effective anymore on the other side because he's limited his options. But he looks back, and his hands are there. Uh, his vision's there. I think it's going to maybe take a little while for his skating to come back. Uh, so I think you know his wings are going to have to help him a little bit in the defensive zone. Maybe if they're the first guy back, um, back-checking, they might take over center responsibilities a little bit for him. But I think he provides them with a great player on the power play and a, a good pivot. Thoughts on Novak, Nate?
3: Ah, it was it was great to see his uh, playmaking. I almost forgot how much uh, Minnesota missed that over the second half and down the stretch. Uh, he, just, he had a few opportunities, even strength, where he just he almost uh, – anticipated a teammate and a line mate, uh, making a move before the uh, person did and just would find uh, passes and set up players in just the smallest of areas, which worked out really well. It kind of was nice. To, it was nice also to see him get that last, uh, it doesn't count or anything, but get that last goal, um, off of the power play, uh, I spoke to him after the game, be tell how much it kind of meant to him just to get that given it was his first game. And, uh, nearly nine months just to get the bit of the rust off and everything.
0: And yeah, I mean, that that's sometimes, you know, people don't really realize that. I mean, even though it was an exhibition game, he, he was participating quite a bit. It did look like he was back. Um, he scored a goal and you kind of get that off your shoulders right away. Um, that's a, that's a key process in, you know, coming back from an injury.
1: I agree. I mean, you want to have that kind of nice start to the season. You want, you know, especially when you're coming off that injury and, Um, I know we all talk about those exhibitions not meaning much but certainly um, you know you want to have some kind of momentum when you go into the games that actually do count and um, I I really have always been you know impressed with his playmaking ability I think that what would be nice is if we start seeing him uh, score a few more goals Um, you know he I think that He's got 11 through his career. Granted, he was injured halfway through last year. But the point being is that, you know, he's a very good playmaker. But, you know, I think it would be even more dangerous if he is getting, you know, maybe twice as many pucks in the net as what we have seen so far. So hopefully he's going to be shooting the puck a lot more and not just, uh, you know, looking for his teammates. So he has some of that balance out there.
0: Now, Viggs, another key loss at the end of the season was a defenseman Lindgren, Uh, with his leg injury last year Um, he was also back this past weekend and I think he's going
2: to be a key member as well um, this season yeah I think especially because the blue line's got those big question marks because Jake Bischoff is gone this is one of the first years in my memory that Minnesota doesn't have a really dynamic defenseman coming back or coming in and so I think you know, he's going to be a steady player. You know, he's real physical, hard, hard nose in the corners. He's going to be good for this team. He, he leads in that right way with intensity. Um, I was kind of surprised to hear how much he had to rehab his ankle to come back because I think it was a, a leg fracture that he was coming back from. He said he, he really had to work on that a long time. He missed the Bruins development camp skating because of it, and he was able to practice with the World Junior team the summer, but he didn't play any of the games, so he didn't have to deal with the contact. But he's going to be a key cog for them and a key leader for them too, a sophomore assistant captain.
0: Nate, who, uh, who else out there would you like to see kind of step up his
3: game even more this year? Uh, one person, I kind of thought he did it a little bit towards the end of last season, a little under the radar, is uh, Brent Gates Jr., Um. He, when he's, he's another guy, he scores in bunch. When he scores, he seems like he scores in bunches. He had a couple in the exhibition game. doesn't count. Uh, but uh, it just seems like every time that he gets on the ice every weekend, he gets better and better. He spent a lot of time um, this offseason in the weight room working out and uh, building out all his strength. And he's a younger guy. Um, He's is, is a junior. He was uh, one of the youngest. Uh, he, was, he was a really young 18-year-old freshman when he came in. And he just kind of seems like – If Minnesota is going to take that step and continue to be kind of that reach those high expectations that people have, they're going to need guys like Brent Gates Jr. to perform and make that uh, adjustment and make that development into that next level.
0: Yeah, Gates definitely stepped up on the in the exhibition game. Vigs. He also talked to us after the after the game, and uh, he
2: seems to kind of be evolving nicely for the team. Yeah, he's carrying himself really well. He's confident in what he did this off season, changing his diet, dedicating himself to the game. You know, it's one of those years that he didn't have any injuries to deal with. So he's a confident player, and I think he's going to get put in positions where he's going to be able to surpass his 14 goals last year. And He could be a 20-goal guy for this team. He, he shoots the puck really, really well, and now he's a little bit bigger to handle himself and uh, – he's another guy who's going to get power play time and it looks like he could be one of those guys in the middle of the ice. Um, So it's a big opportunity for him.
0: Um, We've got another new guy who's not a new guy, Hammy, but uh, was it Tyler Nanny is going to be playing some defense this year. Um, We've kind of wondered if he was going to be playing at all due to his some health conditions, but uh, uh, what can you tell us about Nanny? Obviously we know about his grandfather and whatnot and and the rest of his family and relatives, but uh, what what, what, is he, what can he bring to the team this year?
1: Well, I mean, I think that he, he can bring, you know, some of that offensive flair to the team. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be like a Mike Riley type or anything like that, but, I mean, he did play forward and defense when he was younger, kind of switched back to defense, you know, a little bit going back and forth, and obviously he's, you know, got that ability to, you know, hold the puck and find open guys and create some offense. Um, so I think that he, you know, because he hasn't played in a while that you know, maybe he's underestimated in that sense. Um, granted, we still have to see him out on the ice on this level because he didn't play at all, you know, with Ohio state. So um, it's one of those things where he's kind of flying under the radar a bit. And I think everybody's kind of waiting to see what he might provide Um, But, you know, based on his past history, I think that there's certainly the ability there for him to provide some of that offense. And um, now it's just a matter of getting back on the ice and kind of getting his legs and getting used to the pace uh, of the college game.
0: Viggs, any other cogs that we should be talking about this uh, early
2: in the season? Well, I think Mike Smetula is going to be leaned on heavily this year. He's a guy whose motor is, you know, probably tops on the team. At retrieving pucks and getting in on the forecheck, and you have to remember he was injured uh, the second half of last year as well. I think he's a guy that Lucia's is probably going to count on at the end of the game. You look at all the centers they have; he's probably the most defensive of the four, and probably the you know the more sacrificing guy. And he's 25, you know, so he's got tons of experience. So I think he's a, he's a guy you're going to have to count on this year.
1: Well, I mean, if you, and if you look at his background, I mean, he's pretty much close to a point per game player throughout his college career, not quite there, but almost right there. So I would expect given his age and the experience level that, uh, he should have a pretty, you know, very good year.
3: And and he nearly had a point per game last season, uh, 25 points in 28 games. So yeah, it, uh, it kind of seemed like when he was in and when he was healthy, uh, both him and Winovac, it gave Minnesota more options uh, and more lines or so. And as that season went on and more and more injuries came in, it was a little bit more forced into uh, relying on uh, Kloos, Sheehy, and Pitlick. We haven't even talked about Sheehy and Pitlick. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, th- these guys are, uh, obviously Pitlick had a pretty darn good freshman season. And we saw him lined up with uh, Middlestead this past weekend. And uh, they looked fabulous. I mean, uh, we, we, have quite a few weapons here, Nate.
3: They do. I, I think it says a lot that, uh, you just went through and asked, uh, probably about a half dozen forwards and you didn't talk about the guy who scored, uh, 53 points in the season. And you didn't talk about the guy who had 11 goals in the last, uh, month and a half.
0: Well, I, we're getting to him now. I mean, she, he obviously, <laughs> he led, she, he led the team in scoring last year, didn't he?
3: He Rittles, did he, he had the most close. points uh in Minnesota in about uh a, about a ten years or so. I think Brian Petoni was the last one to have more than him. So obviously so. he uh
0: he could be uh the superstar of the team that uh um no one saw coming because Middlestead's getting all the, the talk.
3: That's that's true. And that's also one of the things that uh helped him last year, uh playing with Justin Clues and uh Playing with Rem Petlick, uh, they all worked off well off of one another. Um, they all were able to uh, get opportunities. Uh, just couldn't focus on one or have that. And another thing, I'm really interested in uh, seeing how she he does this year is handling being captain. It's not the easiest adjustment for an individual. Um, we've seen people in the past uh, kind of struggle with their their game while trying to lead the team. And it's something that you can't really prepare until you're thrust into that role. And it seems like the team is really behind. Uh, Shehe is captain. Um, it was a very easy choice for them to uh, choose who was going to be it. Um, and I'll be interested to see how that goes. Uh, he's up some high expectations with uh, how last season ended um, and just uh, the points that he put up, the goals that he was able to do, and. It'll be uh, great to see.
0: Viggs, I'm excited for Sheehy this year. I think he could uh, uh, be be a top five score in the league.
2: Yeah, it's pretty amazing to see what he did and know that he had a, a slip disc last year that bothered him almost the entire season that and nobody talked about. But we and knew nobody about. Nobody talked about it. No one really noticed it, and he was still able to produce all of those points. And he's a guy also who spent a lot of time around the net on the power play. So it's not like he was just sitting on the, the perimeter like you know a Camerata might. He was a guy who was going <laughs> to the net. And he was still able to produce. And I, I think that speaks a lot to his character and his work ethic. And I think that's probably something that his teammates saw and why they were so behind him being captain. Um, he's not a vocal guy. He, he leads by example. And I think playing hurt all year and putting up points like that goes a long, long way for showing off to your teammates.
0: But also, you know, Hammy, we've got this uh, freshman last year who contributed quite a bit. uh, Mr. Pitlick, Um, (laughs) I don't think he's going to have a sophomore slump. I'm kind of I'm also looking forward to see what he can do um, this year.
1: Yeah, honestly, for me, he's probably the player that I, I enjoy. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play this year and seeing what kind of a step he makes in his development. Um, he might be my favorite player on the team just because, yeah. um, he's kind of, you know, one of those guys who just is all over the ice. He's, you know, kind of a, the rink rat type. Um, you know, he, he, he we talked about it kind of last year on the podcast. You almost want to see him shoot the puck more because he's got such a great shot and he's very accurate, strong shot. And, um, sometimes you just want to see him shoot it even more than he, he does. And, uh, cause he's really got the ability to, Light the lamp, and uh, I'm really excited to see you know what an off season um, in the weight room and everything that he's been doing um, with the team, what he might look like coming into this year. Because uh, if he, if he progresses based off of what we saw last year, he's going to be very exciting this year.
0: Well, I'm definitely excited to see Mister Pitlick uh, advance his game a little more, and uh, I'm just excited for the team uh, all around. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, we've struggled in the. In the postseason recently, um, we've struggled with Minnesota teams. Uh, we've really struggled with Duluth. Of the, uh, what is it, the last seven games they've lost at Duluth? And now we head up to the Lions' Den this weekend, uh, Friday evening, with the icebreaker matchup against the Bulldogs. And I'm feeling pretty good about this.
2: It's funny, the thing about this team is we're looking at their defensemen and we're, we're a little bit worried about there isn't a dynamic guy. That could come in to play as an advantage this weekend because you don't have guys who are looking to make splashy plays, getting out of their zone. You've got guys who are defensive defensemen first, looking for that good pass, looking for their forwards early, You know, managing the puck better. The problem that's happened in these games, they have too many guys forcing the puck up to the ice, creating turnovers, shortening the rink, and getting caught in transition. I think you, know, you look at some of these Duluth games and St. Cloud games, that's been what's killed them, is, is turnovers coming out of their own zone or turnovers at the offensive blue line. So hopefully this team has learned those lessons and they don't force the game as much. Um, one of the big things Lucia has been talking about this year is, is getting the forwards involved in the forecheck. And one way you forecheck is if you you know chip the puck in and go get it. So that would be something to watch for on Friday night.
0: Hammy, heading up to Duluth. Um, it's a fun road trip, um, but it, uh, playing Duluth has not been good these last few years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any ar- you know argument that can be made that uh, they've pretty much handled the Gophers pretty well in recent seasons. Um, I, I don't know exactly if it's a matter of just... You know, they've been getting up for games more than the Gophers have and been executing when they've been on the ice against the Gophers. Uh, They've certainly had some good players um, on the Bulldogs in recent years. Uh, They lost a lot of talent off this last year's team, um, some of it early. and um, But they bring in some good players, some good young guys. And defensively, they're a little young, but they have some real good talent. Um, So... It should be an interesting game. Um, I do believe we should win the game, but I'm sure certainly not expecting it to be any kind of a cakewalk. Uh, the Gophers got to go up there and start kind of um, showing some more of that pride that we expect out of them in these in-state series. Um, and hopefully this is going to start it off for the year.
0: Nate, um, the Bulldogs were in the national championship game last year. They have lost quite a bit from that team. A lot of under underclassmen uh, decided to leave Um, They are not as good as they were last year, but it's still Duluth. It's in Duluth. And, um, you know, Duluth has dominated the Gophers lately.
3: They have. um, And they get up. They get up for these games. Uh, I saw a quote uh, from Scott Sandlin today where he literally said, when you play in this program, you don't like Minnesota, period. (laughs) Uh, I can't really say that was uh, much of the uh, mood. Uh, here in Minneapolis, but that's the same thing you see, uh, when, uh, St. Cloud plays Minnesota or Mankato or Bemidji. Um, the game, Minnesota, they go first to take this game seriously. They're looking to kind of take it over and have a new year. And like, while we, while we said that, uh, the Bulldogs, uh, are coming off of a year where they reached the national championship game. They also have a lot of turnover and have, uh, a bit of, uh, a new year themselves with, uh, I five of their six defensemen uh, either graduated or left early. Um, they lost five of their six top scorers, they graduate or uh, leaving early. Uh, Hunter Miska, who was by far the best freshman goalie in the nation, signed and went through a pro. They're in their third goalie in three years. So this might be a good time if you're Minnesota to play um a UMD team that uh is trying of trying to find itself
0: but it, it's still you know you got uh, you know the, these new freshmen coming in even middlestead um obviously middlestead's played in front of the you know the big state tournament championship games but uh that's not a hostile atmosphere like uh like amsoil will be this weekend Viggs um it's it's been a while since uh Minnesota's obviously won up there um but uh it's not an easy place to play, and uh it it'll be uh, definitely a good learning experience
2: for this team it's a good learning experience, but I think if they' if you're going to look at the past matchups with Duluth, this is the one where Minnesota's got a pretty big advantage you know Nate mentioned you know uh Nick Wolfe is the only returning defenseman who played really for Duluth, so they've got a lot of green defensemen back there um, losing their freshman goalie. You know, they're going to have a new guy in there hasn't seen a lot of time. They lost two-thirds of their scoring, two-thirds of their power play. You know, this is a Duluth team that's got a lot of question marks. Uh, if Minnesota can't get it done this weekend, you know alarm bells are going to go off for Gopher fans. I agree. Uh, the, and the biggest question mark is, are they able to control their emotions, stay out of the box, and manage the puck? And that's been what's killed them in these in-state games. Is they can't do any be- of those be-
1: things. Beegs is already hitting the panic button after weekends, <laughs> one game. It's
2: going to set they off the this, alarm bells. If they lose this game, you have panic. It's a tough schedule to open up the season. It is. You know, they're, they're not going to get a cake team on Saturday, regardless of what happens. And then they're, you know, play a Penn State team that's going to be a high volume team. And then they go up to North Dakota. So it's not an easy start for these guys. And they only have 10 non conference games. So this is an important one to take seriously. They haven't performed in these games in the past, so until they do, you know, you got to be a little cautious as a as a follower of this program. Well, let's talk about the other side of the bracket
0: there, Nate. We've got uh, Michigan Tech and Union facing off Friday afternoon. The winner plays the winner of uh, Minnesota Duluth and Minnesota on uh, Saturday. Depends on where they're going to play. Um, Obviously, uh, Duluth is going to play the night game Saturday night, no matter what. But uh, what are your thoughts on Union and Michigan Tech?
3: Uh, It's an interesting matchup. You have two teams that made the NCAA tournament. Actually, all four teams made the NCAA tournament last year. Kind of makes a a, uh, fantastic icebreaker for that reason um union lost a lot of talent the graduation or leave or leaving early Spencer Fu uh lose a Hobie baker finalist and Mike Aoki um Michigan Tech is where the or the uh have a first year head coach Mel Pearson uh moved over to Michigan after uh just become the second Michigan head coach in my lifetime so you have a lot of unknown and question marks. Both teams have already played a game, so there's not really an advantage there. I believe they uh, both they both lost. Um, they both played good, decent teams. It looked like Michigan Tech uh, put up a good effort to Wisconsin in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, Union played a BU team that ranked number two in the nation. So these are all going to be good tests uh, for Minnesota. I just... It's a difficult opening schedule, but I kind of like it because it's going to tell a lot about what Minnesota is made of just with these early games. There's a lot of good teams and there're a lot of teams that they might see later on down the line. But they're also not kind of especially with their young freshmen and kind of trying to find their own way, they're not in the worst. They're not they're not being thrown off the deep end. They're playing teams that are also kind of in similar situations where you got union and Michigan tech trying to do new systems and have new players. North Dakota has a good freshman class, but lost two first round picks. Um, Penn state will is at home where if you're going to play Penn state, you'd probably rather have them at Mariucci on the big ice against that team. So
0: it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting, you know, like, like, like Viggs said though, you know, Minnesota doesn't play well against Duluth Friday night. Um uh, I I'm kind of with you Viggs. The, the panic buttons will go off with the fans because Minnesota is supposed to be better than Duluth this year and the problem is they need to show it.
2: I'm not saying, you know, bring your panic button in the first 5 minutes, <laughs> but you know, if, if this game progresses where they're playing from behind, you know, it's a it's going to be a tough environment for them to rally in. This team has plenty of firepower to come back. We saw that last year as well. They they were able to score goals to come back in games. But this is an environment you don't want to do that in. You definitely don't want to do that at all. Um,
0: well, what else do we have to talk about here, guys? Nate, you're saying something?
3: Uh, I was going to say, I think they're in that same exact situation two years ago, last time they were up in uh, Duluth, where it was kind of just a young team, um, young captains. Um, not many seniors where they went behind two nothing early in the first period and just were trying to play from behind the entire way and couldn't do it.
0: Well, I know I'm making my first trip up there since uh the 2011-2012 season. It's been a while since I've been up there. That might have been the first year, or maybe the second year, the arena had opened up there. Um, the last time I was there, the gopher swept loose. It was a good feeling then, but obviously since then they've they've really stunk up there and down here and everywhere else they've played Duluth. So.
3: It's been like the last few years. Before that, they, they they seem to have Duluth's number for a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, that's because Duluth sucks.
2: <laughs> and, of course, the only way to watch it is either be there in person or buy the NCHC TV streaming package.
0: Unless you're or close exactly. enough to pick up the TV signal. Unless you can get my nine yeah, you have to get my nine out of Duluth. If you can get that, you're good to go, folks. Otherwise you've got to buy the package and uh, boy, the TV thing. Um, we've said this multiple times, folks. In Minnesota, Fox and Big Ten have zero control of TV when it comes to being in Duluth or being at North Dakota. Um, somebody like Midco in North Dakota. They, they bought the rights. They're not going to share it with Fox. They don't want to because they want all the advertising revenue. They don't want people leaving their station to watch it on Fox. Um, there's nothing Minnesota can do about it. It's just the way it is, folks. Um, um, so don't complain to us. Complain to them. It's just a fact of life now. You know, With all these conferences breaking up, everyone's got their own little TV contracts, and uh, you're just going to have to live with it.
3: That's the most disappointing part of college hockey is it's so impossible to get non-conference games on TV for that reason. Um, I mean, it's not like the Big Ten is any better where they don't show non-conference games really either. Nope. Uh, anything they do is usually Minnesota at home. But uh, CBS sports Net showing Minnesota St. Cloud later in the year. Um that's really about it as far as national games go.
0: It looks like uh, NBC Sports Network did pick up one of the Notre Dame games um, at Notre Dame uh, later in the season. The second game is going to be streamed only, so that makes uh, the GPLers happy. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just the way it is these days, folks. Those other schools have control, and they can do what they want. So bitch at them. Don't bitch at us. Well, guys, what else do we have to talk about? I mean, we, we kind of covered a lot, and we'll cover much more Big Ten stuff next week, and I'd kind of like to get into some of that uh, controversy about young recruits next week. But uh, any final thoughts, Hammy?
1: No, I mean, I think uh, it'll be, we, like you said, we can touch on some of those kinds of topics in the, in the coming weeks. It's uh, just kind of going to be interesting to see how the team plays in some actual games that count and uh, see how some of the young guys Start off their college career. And uh, I'm excited for the year though. I think it's going to be a fun year. And I think we have the opportunity to certainly do some great things. Uh, um, some of these guys can help create, uh, add some more to the, the program's legacy. And I think they
3: have a great opportunity this
1: year.
0: Nate, do you have any final thoughts?
3: Uh, I'm excited for the uh, men's season to begin. I'm pumped to go up to Duluth again. Uh, I was just up there in August, took my girlfriend up there for the first time. She's not Minnesotan. So She's in really. So she had never been up there, uh, and I'm pumped for that. On the women's side, if, for those who pay attention, it's going to be a really interesting year for the uh, go for women. Uh, check out Grace Sumwinko when you if you get the opportunity. She's worth the price of admission. Um, she was the uh, Minnesota Misses Hockey. She's out of Breck. She has an insane slap shot that is. Uh, she's been kind of honing with uh, Scott Bugstad and just has amazing skating and just like, just an eye for the puck. And it's kind of, I I don't like to make um, men to women's comparisons or whatever, but it feels really just, it's really interesting that you have both Casey Milstead and her coming in the same year and kind of just having that same bit of uh, excitement as freshmen.
0: But what happened to him Friday night? You were there, man.
3: I was, um, was, they uh, they got a lot of shots on it. They have a bit of a young uh, defensive core. The lost, uh, two top defenders there and they basically uh just got countered a ton they just gave up all these two-on-one three-on-twos bad opportunities and it was disappointing they outshot them they outshot them 54 to 20 or so but playing by behind you have you have a a team that is going to put four uh players in front of the net and you have a goalie that's hot do you know what you can't really say too much if you uh, give up four goals. So, yeah, they got upset by Merrimack.
0: Nate, are you guys doing a podcast this year?
3: Um, Drew Cove and I, who uh, Drew writes for the Minnesota Daily, uh, we are doing a podcast. I believe our first one is going to be next week. Uh, we're finalizing uh, what we're doing. Um, but, yes, we are doing one. Uh, it won't be with 1,500. This year but we are doing one and i'm excited to get that going too and I'm, if you guys want to come on we're excited to have you on as well
0: <laughs> well Vegs, you and i are heading up friday afternoon we're uh you're you're going to be covering for the the athletic and uh i'm going to be in re- full room mode for the first time in years um having sc- screaming at the at the refs and what i love to do um but uh we're road tripping
2: this weekend bud should be fun. I haven't been to Duluth in a while. Last time I was there, I won a, a shootout at Grandma's and got a... A jersey. A Molson Canadian jersey, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was a long time ago. That's a long time ago. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's
0: mid-2000s, Viggs.
2: Yeah, it's been a while. I believe I, I have a photo of
0: that somewhere.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Good times.
0: Yeah, so we're going to be heading up Friday afternoon to, you know, late afternoon. I'm thinking maybe we should periscope from the car. We'll take people's questions while we're driving it's not like we'll have anything else to do so so look for a live periscope maybe friday afternoon pre-game show <laughs> pre-game show viggs will be drinking in the car no he won't, uh, no, won't. but uh
2: it, it'll He's be fun it, it, guard it, listening.
0: It... <laughs> no uh you you drink after the game you're telling me yeah i'm
2: looking forward to the craft beer scene craft uh gin scene there at uh Vikra, and
0: I'll take check the, out the
2: town afterwards. I'll take the gin. That that
0: gin you were showing me today looks pretty tasty. So, Well, boys, I think
2: that's it for this week. I just want to let um, Ted know he was, he was asking for a Noterman injury update. He is probably <laughs> going to be out for the year. Um, <laughs> double hip surgery. So they hope to get him back skating at some point before the end of the season, but he's, he'll be out. Double hip surgery? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm not kidding. Right. You know, that's, that's what he's got going on, so. Among other things.
4: Uh, <laughs> uh,
2: uh, uh, I haven't said
0: anything. He good. He's got hip problems. I have hip problems, too. I'm getting old. Well, Nate, thanks for joining us. We're going to have you back on, I'm sure, again uh, later on this year, and we'll push that podcast for you.
3: For sure, yeah. I, I believe we're going to be calling it uh, that Gopher Hockey Podcast. So um, <laughs> I like if it. You follow me on Twitter at Gopher State and on Facebook. One uh, of I on Facebook, uh,
0: <laughs> Nate Wells
3: writes hockey on Facebook. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm all up there, and uh,
0: and you're still going to be writing ex- work across right, like the yeah. bajillion
3: places I've written at uh, the Gopher Hockey
0: and of course, you'll be listening each week and correcting us when we're wrong.
3: I will, and I'll be uh, going uh, whatever post game Friday wherever we're going. Interesting.
0: You heard it, Viggs. He's paying first round. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he went that far. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, remember, you can always follow us at Gopher Puck Live on Twitter, and obviously, you know, Viggs and and uh, Chris Eckes is writing for us all the time. Uh, you can follow hammy on twitter at hammy hockey you can follow vigo on twitter at evigo and his work on at the atlantic, at the atlantic at athletic i can't even spit it out we will be back next week to hopefully talk about a nice victory against the and whoever may be inside preview penn state that's right League games already
4: year playing a heated
5: rod. Well, I mean, you look at their month of October and it's kind of, it sets up as a very difficult month and introduction to our freshmen and what college hockey's all about. It'll be a, a good atmosphere on, on Friday night and then we'll have um, a quick turnaround to play at four, uh, no matter what, on, on game two. Uh, but we're looking forward to it. I mean, you just, you practice and you, it was good that we played the exhibition game. We were able to a bunch of clips to show our guys and things that we did well and things that, that obviously you have to work on this early in the year. What did you, uh, after you looked at film of the, uh,
4: the exhibition, what did you
5: think? Well, I mean uh, uh, I liked the, the uh, defensively. I thought we played pretty well I think we only gave up like 13 5-on-5 shots. I like that part of our game. I thought all three goalies were sharp. Um, I, I liked the way our goaltenders played. Uh, I, I, it was kind of choppy at times offense like normally we score a lot off the rush we didn't have a lot of rush offense to our game but I did like the fact that our our um, end zone offense was, was better I mean we got on top of some pucks guys like Gates are stronger physically we worked on that part of his game and you know you see the improvement there so you know we have, I think we'll have the ability to score off the rush but adding the ability to you know score down low is an important element of the game and um, I, I, the system little tweaks that we did, I think you saw it show up in a positive manner on the on the video, which was good. Um, like we need to get our defensemen more involved in the offense. I think we only had a couple shots on goal by our decor in the game, you know. Uh, so we, we got to get our diff, our forwards looking to our defensemen more and getting our defensemen get pucks on the net.
2: You've got a lot of returning forwards. Do you think having that veteran experience helps that in zone offense?
5: Yeah, I, I think I think so. And and. Uh, yeah, I think what are we playing three freshman forwards right now in our in our lineup? So we do have some juniors and seniors, and, and, and it's something we've worked hard at the last couple of years to try to add that element and, and become better in those areas. And, and, and I think the work is starting to pay off, and you see that. But you know, it, it's difficult to score in hockey now. I mean, you. Most teams, you're not going to give them many odd man rushes during the course of the game. Power play, specialty teams are obviously an important place to score goals. But if you can, you can start averaging, you know, two and a half goals a game or so five on five. But, you know, you add that power
4: play goal, and all of a sudden you're at a number that you can win with. You had talked about Gates being a key guy. To take a step, and then he comes out and puts two in and mm-hmm. run right away. How- I'm encouraged
5: were you by that? Well I mean he came in young. I mean he's probably one of the youngest guys in college hockey. I think his freshman he was just turning 18 I believe in September and he was coming off a broken leg uh, from the season before where he missed the back half of the year. So he was and he, he physically I don't think he was caught up till probably January and then you could see from his freshman to his sophomore year the skating and he's somebody that's put in a lot of work and you can see the work that he's put in and it's it's his skating is better his uh, uh, physicality is better, his puck pursuit is better, uh, so all those things you hope to see, you know, it's starting to pay off for him now.
6: Um, Mike Stratula, can you talk a little bit about his gritty play and just what that really brings to the team and sort of steps? Yeah, I example?
5: mean, uh, very much like Klus and Vinny were last year. I mean, how they were such dogs on a puck and, and they played a, a very uh, relentless style and that's how Mike plays and he's got a, you know, he's a bit of a bulldog and he's got a, to play that that style. I mean, he's doesn't have the same, you know, skill as a couple other guys, but he he scores his points through hard work and he's good along the around the net, he's good, you know, retrieving puck down low and he's responsible defensively, and he's a guy you can trust, you know, all of a sudden he's gonna be an important guy at the end of the game when you're ahead by a goal to to throw out there in those defensive situations too. Because we gotta find new guys, you know, the new year begins and you gotta find those new roles. I mean last year we I mean, he was out there, but you know, Vinny was out there, and and Klus was out there, and Bischoff was out there. So those guys that were, took those heavy minutes, in, in, not only did they score a key goal, but they they played on the other end of the, of the rank too, and they were very good defensively. And now, you know, some guys have to play in those roles and, and, and play that heavier, play with some heaviness down in our own zone too.
4: You'd seen Casey practice and mm-hmm. obviously in high school and stuff. Did did anything stand out when the lights came on?
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously he's got a special skill set. Um, you know his he's, his quickness. You know his first step quickness um, has really improved over. I mean, from his sophomore year in high school, uh, his his hands are extremely quick and vision, and you know he's just he's got things you don't teach. Um, and but as I said before, that he's got a very good work ethic. Um, I showed him a couple of video clips just on angling and very receptive to coaching because, he, you know, he wants to be a player. And uh, we got a whole room full of those guys, and they've been very receptive so far the year, year has begun. Uh, but now we need to just start playing, continue to play games and get in the routine, you, in which we'll have now until December, that, you know, you play Friday, over two games over the weekend, and then you go back to work and analyze what went well and things you need to work on and, and do some film work for the guys so they can keep trying to improve
3: had experience over the past few years with guys having to sit out a year and transfer and then uh, coming in and play right away how do you help them adjust
5: well I think the year of practice helps you know you look at Tyler that uh, you know he sat out uh, he didn 't do anything his freshman year physically and then he came back and, and practiced with us all year long so I, I think that that's helped and then you can you know play in the summertime as well so it 's a lot easier to come in and adjust because you've been practicing and playing even though you haven't had games so you need it's going to take time to have the game reps where it means something when you don't box out or a guy puts a puck in the net or, you know, you make a bad pass. And, you know, it's not like the old practice or pond hockey where you just get it out of your net and keep going. I mean, there's a real consequence now. But, you know, he's, he's worked hard. He's uh, He wants to be a player. Um, and we're very pleased with what, he, what we've seen so far from him.
7: Going off of that, um, how do you help ease the new freshmen's transition?
5: Well, I think that's part of that's the older guys. Um, you know, they've all played at a pretty high level. I mean, you, you, you look at uh, what Reedy played in the, at the U.S. team last year, and, and obviously um, Casey being the USHL and being at the World Junior Camp this summer. You know, Brandon's played two years in USHL, so they, they, they have quite a bit of experience coming in. Um, and, and so, but the older guys kind of share in how it's done. And uh, I think as coaches you have to be a little bit more patient with, with freshmen. I've always tried to be that way. And, and I'm not going to yell and scream at a freshman as much as try to kind of guide them along at least halfway through the year. But you also have to make sure you're firm with what the expectations are. But all three of those guys are, are uh, motivated and uh, you don't want to be a player. That's why they're here.
2: Officials get memos yeah. every year about what to uh, enforce more strictly each mm-hmm. season. Do you sense that that's going to happen again this year? And are you guys ready to play a lot of power play and penalty kill? The month
5: kill? of October or the month of February? I can still remember a year ago being up in Alaska and looking at some box scores because I, I hadn't even looked at the NCAA video. And went, oh, my God, there's 10, 15 power plays in a game. And I had to quickly remind our guys, okay, guys, this is what's going on around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope not. I mean, I, I hope we're not in a game, this games this weekend, where there's seven, eight power plays each way. It just it disrupts the flow of the game. It uh, doesn't get guys involved. Some guys sit, um, and it, it really takes away the flow. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not blaming the officials. I mean, the players have to adjust to how the game is going to be played. It's a non-rule uh, year, so they should pretty much have an understanding of of uh, how they're going to call it, and you know, call what needs to be called and it's up to the players to adjust and whether it's you know last our exhibition game we took some senseless cross checks in the back those are penalties you know keep keep calling them, you know call the hooks and we want to watch a flowing game I, nobody wants to see guys getting you know bare hugged along the boards I mean uh, I think one thing great about you watching an NHL game now I mean you pretty much know when there's a penalty and when there's not and they've done a good job at such a skating game of
4: and you don't see the reaching. You don't see the slashing. Are, are they calling? Okay, one of Gates' things about playing Duluth was, you know, it's a whole new year. And, I mean, do you, do you want your leaders to kind of take that approach, like forget the recent pass against these teams?
5: Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, we've got ten non-league games. And, you know, we did well in our non-league games last year, and it really helped us. And, you know, we, we t- touched on already the difficult ten non-league games we have. And, you know, this is our Know, first chance to, to try to have some success non-league um, and you know hopefully we'll even though it's early with a week of practice basically that you know we can jump right into it and play well.
2: What do you know about Duluth heading into this weekend?
5: Well, I mean, not a lot. I mean, you, we have one game, but you know, we know that they're gonna you know play much like we do. They're gonna you know want to push the pace. They're gonna be a heavy checking team. Um, they've got a, a new goalie that's gonna be playing and uh, some young defensemen, and uh, hopefully we can well. They've got some you know elite young guys and you know it's a lot of returning forwards that, that have experience in, in college hockey, uh, so. Uh, it'll be a really good test. They're picked what third, I think, in, in their league, third or fourth in the league, so top half. And um, you know, we'll play three of the f- top four ranked teams in NCHC at least preseason going into the year. And you know, we're out four of the five games are going to be on the road, so it'll be a really good test for us.
3: With kind of a four-team tournament, you just put your focus on Duluth and then not much on the other team? Yeah,
5: I mean, the reality is so much of you're putting the focus on your own team. I mean, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll show some video, but I mean, the reality is we're, we're we're trying to get our team to play the way we would like them to play and it's it's not necessarily easy to do it early in the year. We, we have to understand as coaches, the players have to understand that you know they're going to make some mistakes and that's okay, uh, but we have to learn and grow from, from them, but Know, hopefully we'll play the game with, with some pace we'll manage the puck well and uh, be disciplined not take a bunch of penalties and just start to put in place the, the things that we want to do and the way we want to play as much as anything
3: what do you like about opening the year at the icebreaker
5: uh two extra games you know that's just like going up to alaska last year you know it's it's the bonus games you know next year we have a bonus game with the hall of fame game out in vegas so um i, I think we, we've tried to you know, I like to take a team to Alaska every, you know, three or four years because it's a good trip. It's an easy trip for us, and it's those two extra games. And it was a, it was a great way for our team to start the year last year to go up there. And you know, same thing with Duluth. You know, everybody gets to go, and um, and, and so we'll take everybody up there. And you know, it's a quick trip. And we'll be home by nine thirty on Saturday night, so we'll be rested up, ready to go on Monday.
7: first three steps a little bit, and uh, I think I managed to get better at all those. Do
4: you feel like, yeah, I was going to say, people are saying you really put in the work this this offseason. Can you notice a difference when you're out there? Yeah, for sure. I
7: mean, I think a lot of it, like I said before, is confidence coming in and knowing that you've done everything you can to prepare. Um, obviously, the physical side, like, I, I feel like I got stronger, I got quicker, um, worked on my game a lot, but, um, half the battles, the confidence, the mental part of it and just knowing that you've done everything you could and you're ready to go. Looks like this team's pretty deep up front. Yeah, for sure. We have a ton of skill. Um, as you can see, we have four lines who can really play. We have five lines who can really play. Um, I think it helps because everyone pushes each other and um, everyone knows there's someone someone right on them. That, uh, if they start slacking, not working hard, up bad attitude. Someone can push them out of their spot really fast. Um, we play fast and we want to get on D and Team plays and I think we had the group to do that. What do you think about Duluth? It's been a tough uh, goal with the Gophers versus them the last few years. Yeah, you know, um, it's a new year. Uh, new teams. We're both, both 0-0 right now. So, uh,
2: yeah, that's about all <laughs> What have you learned from your past run-ins with Duluth and in-state teams?
7: I mean, every game's big. It means a lot. Um, in-state, we want to be the best team in the state. I said the past the past, we're not thinking about it. We know we have a good group this year, compete with anyone. And um, like I said, everyone's 0 0 right now. So um, we're going to go out there and play hard and, and we'll show that we're the best team
2: in the state. Do you think your added size and protection work will pay off in a weekend like this?
7: Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's going to be a lot of uh, battles in the trenches down low. And, and uh, you know, like, like you said, I feel like like just have, being in good shape and having strength will be able to. Uh, where I'm down in the corners, and, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the game will be played in the corners. Just neither team likes each other. I mean, everyone knows that. And uh, so there's going to be a lot of battles, and I think size is going to be important. What's the most important thing for the City to do defensively? Uh, you know, defense is really, I mean, it's a six-man six part of the game. Like, we, we got to get back and help our D just as much as the D have to get up and help us offensively. Um, so, getting back and getting on your guys and not, not just kind of coasting back, uh, getting back hard to the middle and and uh, picking up their late like, guys and making sure we get someone in the battle wall in the defensive zone um, just to take some pressure off them and, and give them outlets when they do get the puck to get out of the zone so they're not spending too much time in the D zone.
0: What's some of the emphasis from the coaches in the early going here at practices?
7: Uh, you know, just play fast. It's um, get the puck, get up the ice, get it in, get on their D. Um, you know, we we want to be a team who's in everyone's faces, who, who uh, swarms the puck, who has more than one guy in the puck, who gets it back and then can quick strike and make plays. And um, so I think we've been really focusing on conditioning and um, being able to go as hard as we can for 45 seconds, to 30 to 45 seconds, and get off the ice and just kind of keep it going like that as a unit. And uh, so yeah, just playing fast, having good legs, and being able to be all over uh, the Yeah, opposing teams. Can you talk a little bit bit about how uh, Tyler's leadership is a little different from Justin's from last year? Uh, Yeah, I mean, what everyone sees is they're both great players, Um, but uh, as far as leadership roles, um, you know, Justin last year was his second year, so um, he was a senior, and he, uh, I don't know, like, I, I feel like he might have been a little bit more vocal with his leadership, and and uh, everyone has their own way of leading and that's not to say that's the better way or Tyler's more, he's, he leads by example like, I mean, he's, he's great at telling guys what to do if they need to know or putting a guy in place if, if he has to, but um, I think he'd rather lead by example and kind of show, show the team how it's going to be done as opposed to telling guys how it's going to be done and Justin did that too, I mean, he did a little bit of both but, um, you know, they're both great leaders and they might just have a little bit different way to do it.
3: You're not wearing a letter, but you're an upperclassman. Do you feel like you're a leader on this team? Yeah.
7: I mean, we have have a huge class, our junior class. So, we have a lot of guys who make an impact um, in our class. And I think everyone, you know, after your sophomore year, maybe even a sophomore captain right now. So as you're kind of in the program a little bit, you you know how things are done and you know how things are supposed to be done and how the coaches want to be done and what it takes to win. So um, just having a little bit of experience, you know, teaching the younger guys how to do things and, and showing them the right way and so yeah I, I feel a little bit of leadership responsibility. You and the other Michigan guy Mike Schmitul seem to find a lot of time playing together what, what's it like playing with him and what do you think uh, what, what do you think he really just does well on the ice? Um, he works hard I mean I think that's my favorite thing about playing with him I mean he's, he's obviously got skill he can score he sees the ice well but um, he works hard, he wins battles, and he's always doing the right thing. He thinks the game really well. And, um, a guy like that's really easy to play with. Uh, he keeps it simple, doesn't try to do too much. And, uh, so I feel like I kind of always know where he's going to be or where he's going, and, and he makes it really easy for me.
2: You're kind of one of the returning dynamic guys who's got power play experience on the blue line. Are you looking to solidify that role with this team?
6: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, anytime you can use you know your strengths to uh, you know help the team out, I think that's something that you have really got to look into. And so uh, you know we've been uh, rotating on the power play and whatnot with you know two or three defensemen now, and um, just go out there, play your game, and uh, not you know look into it too much. And and uh, like I said, use your strengths. What are the keys for your power play to, to click? I think the biggest thing is moving the puck. Uh, if we move the puck really fast and uh, you know get shots through and, and hunt for rebounds or whatnot, I think uh, that's kind of the biggest thing for our power play. And um, you know our breakout, you know make sure we get out of the zone really quick. And um, once we get in the zone, move the puck pretty fast and uh, you know catch them off guard. And um, like I said, get pucks in the
0: net. Speaking of the power play, a lot of teams now are doing that drop pass through the neutral zone coming through. How do you see that uh, as in a as it's grown throughout all levels of hockey.
6: Yeah, like you said, I think that's uh, the drop pass has gotten pretty much, you know, it's gotten more popular as, as we've seen uh, lately. And um, I think it depends on the other team's penalty kill. That's it, really what it depends on. And, and coaches do a really good job of letting us know, you know, what that's going to look like. And uh, so sometimes you go into the game, you're, you're looking to drop, and sometimes it's one of those things where you got to change it, you know, on the fly. Um, so. We'll see what the coaches say, what they want, and uh, you know they do an excellent job scouting and whatnot the other team. And but like I said, it's you know it's the first game of the year, so we'll see. It's going to be uh, one of those things where we're going to be on our toes.
0: What are the benefits of the drop?
6: Um, what happens is uh, when we drop, usually defenseman skates off, and then we'll drop it. And what does is it kind of catches their uh, two forwards and two defensemen uh, flat footed and so if we can you know drop it to one of our guys who 've got some speed, they can kind of you know just chip it right by them and, and go to work and get into our zone. so it catches them flat footed for the most part.
4: What's the
5: most important thing for the forest to do to help with your defensive responsibilities?
6: Um, we work a lot of, um, on our center getting low and making sure these come back. And sometimes it's not even the center. It's, it's, it could be the wing. It's usually the first forward back. So, um, And along with that is communication. I think um, when we communicate and talk out there, it's, it's, it makes things a lot easier um, sometimes. You know, rinks are, uh, got good atmospheres and, and you can't really hear out there, so you got to make sure you're loud and communicate really well. And, and uh, so I think the biggest thing is communication.
4: How much do you think the veterans on this team kind of think about the rivalry with Duluth and kind of the recent past?
6: Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I think uh, Amsoil is probably one of the Better ranks to play in, in college hockey in terms of atmosphere. It's going to be sold out Friday night for sure. Um, it's going to be loud. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the guys are really, really excited about that. Um, in terms of recent past, you know, it's it's uh, it's a new season. Um, you know, we got new guys, they got new guys. Um, and so it's going to be something that we're going to have to go in there and it's going to be loud and it's going to, it's going to be really exciting. So we're, um, you know, we're excited.
4: All that said, how much, you know, to put a W in that, you know, in the win column right away, and against that type of team, what could that do for you guys?
6: Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I said, you know, it's the first game of the year, so there's going to be mistakes and whatnot. Um, but we got to just make sure that we're competing um, to a really high level, and if we compete, uh, you know, our skill will take over, and um, you know, we'll be fine. So we just got to make sure we're competing really hard, and you know, doing the little things, you know, defending really hard, and and uh, getting pucks in deep, and uh, go to work from
2: there. Don't talk about it. Managing the puck and making sure not to shorten the rink. How much are you hearing that this week?
6: Yeah, for sure. Managing the puck's huge. I think last year, um, you know, we had turned over the turned over the puck too much, and and uh, that ultimately cost us at the end of the season. So, managing the puck's huge. I mean, if we can cut down our turnovers this year, you know, five five turnovers a game less this year, it's gonna you know help us out a lot. And um, it's not even in the D zone; it's it's in the offensive zone too. Um, You know, when you kill your offense like that, you know, they're coming right back down on you. So. Uh, managing managing the puck is going to be huge for us this year, for sure.
2: Is that one of those metrics you guys kind of keep an eye on? Is
6: like, yeah, statistically, yeah. yeah, statistically, yeah, for sure. We uh, they harp on it for sure on the video. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you got to take pride in your own game and make sure that if you don't have a play, make sure it's you know off the glass defensively or just get a chip, you know, chip down low so you can you know go after the puck. So uh, try not to be t- too cute, and uh, just get it in the zone.
4: There's a lot of talk about Casey after that exhibition the other night. What was it like for the team to see kind of what he can do when the lights come on?
6: Yeah, for sure. Casey, I mean, he's a really skilled player. I mean, that's just simple as that. He's really skilled, and, um, you know, I'm really excited to see what he does this year. Um, he's really fast. He thinks the game really well. He anticipates really well. Um, you know, like I'm sure you guys have seen, his hands are pr- pretty phenomenal. So, um, you know, I'm really excited to see what he does this year,
2: and uh, he should have a good year. Tyler, has been one of your best plus-minus forwards last Last year. What does he do so well as a forward to help you out? I think uh, the biggest
6: thing, like I said earlier, is just the communication style um, back in the D zone. So, uh, you know, when he's communicating with us, it's easier for us to break the puck out, which, you know, ultimately we'll spend less time in our own zone and then, uh, you know, have some fun in the offensive zone. So, um, like I said, the communication is going to be huge going in Friday, and Tyler does a really good job of that.